Welcome to the Middle Vibes Podcast. I'm B. Taylor. Hello, hello. I am M. Semra. And first things first, we just want to say thank you so very much. Thank you. For listening to our first episode. The feedback has been amazing. Yeah, I am in a little bit of shook and awe. Mm-hmm. I am shook in my boots. M. M was shooken to the core. Shooketh. I was shooketh. <laughs> I thought we would have two people listen. Right. It would probably be like my partner and B's partner. (laughs) And that's it. And that's it. And there would be two of us. And so I am just amazed that anyone wants to listen to the Mm -hmm. two of us because, I mean, obviously we're geniuses. Uh, Really. Um, But we're two ding-dongs who really love to have conversations about things. So I'm Mm -hmm. appreciative of everybody listening. Thank you so much. Thank you for the shares on Instagram. That was amazing. Thank you for the follows. For our Instagram, it was sweet. It made our full moon a little bit brighter. It did. It did. Other stuff may have not made it bright <laughs> at all, but you all showing up for us was amazing. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And we are very excited to have episode two. We are initiating the coven. Oh, yeah. Super exciting. Will you be part of our coven? Will you be a part of our coven? It will be more than 13 people, apparently. Yeah. Which I'm into it. Fuck rules. There's a good number of us here. So be a part of the middle vibes. Let's do it. Coven, we love to have you here. Love to have a cove. To be in our coven, you could be a witch. Yep. Yeah. So um, I think we should talk about today, what is a witch? What makes a witch? So you want to be a witch. Mm Mm-hmm. How does that work? Mm. There's so many definitions of a witch. B. Taylor, how do you define being a witch? For me, it's pretty basic, actually. I think there's just some type of intuitiveness with something that's beyond us Mm -hmm. and with nature. And it can't completely be defined by... Science, even though I love the science and it's definitely intermingling there, but it's being open to what's more and being able to tap into what's more without fear of, well, I don't have an exact explanation for this. Therefore, I won't believe it's just an openness to more. Hmm. What about you? I like that. I see um, witches and people who have been... (laughs) Defined as witches incorrectly, but they probably were anyway. Um, as someone who is an outlier, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, an outlier for change, um, speaking up, speaking truth, which I, I, I'm I not saying that every single activist is a witch, but I think that it's speaking truth and speaking power to the unknown and being a catalyst of change, being a catalyst for transition and and you sort of hit it with that word for me of like openness, right? It's the openness of of the mystery. It's openness mm-hmm. to the unknown. And it doesn't mean that fearlessness means you're never afraid, mm-hmm. right? It's like stepping into that fear to get through that mm-hmm. to sort of be uh, changed. Mm-hmm. So I think that witches are those that are truly shapeshifters, right? You mm-hmm. shapeshift, you transform, you transition. Um, 
I do think that witches are political to Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to say it. Right. Like, yes, a thousand percent that you are an agent for change. I completely agree with that. You kind of feel it in your bones, even Mm -hmm. if it's not like you wake up when you're six, like I'm a witch. (laughs) But you know that there's something else going on inside of you that wants more, that feels like there is more and you can be the catalyst to provide more or something different to the world around you. Yeah. I mean, I think the way that I always did it when I was younger and didn't sort of recognize what to call it. Right. And I've called it a billion different things. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, which is not a new term for me, but I didn't always register. Right. As this. Right. But since I was tiny, I would sort of like follow my tum tum. And like, Mm -hmm. if you like could see me right now, I have like a hand on my stomach, almost like like the Care Bear stare. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I would like (laughs) follow from that area. And it is when I doubted and stopped listening to truly like the gut like mine is like from my internal like (laughs) like third eye being in my stomach Mm -hmm. and following that uh that's when I got really fucked up and in trouble is when it was like I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. you know this is this is too scary right this is too weird Mm -hmm. um I'm not gonna do that and then I got in some deep shit now it's just I follow it even when it's like, uh, 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 and like, and I just shit my pants and then I keep going. A thousand percent. Right. That depends. Again, here depends. we are. We want that dependence. Here, here we are. Can we get it? <laughs> soon enough, we're middle age. We're just barreling I mean, down listen, into depends land. No shame. You know, listen, I just want to be comfy. <laughs> just coughing and peeing. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been feeling that lately with what's going on in my life as of late is the standing up for others, again, mm-hmm. political. Mm-hmm. It's like, I see that there's something wrong. I'm building it up inside of me to try to make change, even when people around me are not understanding it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to question yourself and you're going to feel weird and like, should I be doing this? Should I just be quiet? And then you're like, absolutely fucking not. Mm-hmm. I have to say my piece. Like, that's just the witch in me of like, you, you'll you never, you can never hold back. Mm. I refuse to hold this back. And if it makes other people upset or mad at me, well, that's on them. That's not on me. So I will continue to do what I have to do for myself and the betterment of people around me. That's how, at least for me, like my witchery is going to be to support the community mm-hmm. as as well as myself. Like, this is beyond me. There's a certain layer of I I don't know what other choice I would make because it's about living authentically for me. And and again, right, this has taken a long fucking time mm-hmm. coming. Like this right. isn't a moment of, you know, I got a tarot deck and was like, well, there's that. I mean, like it's yeah. it's it's been a really interesting journey from how I was raised and the expectations that were put on me and then a bunch of life choices. Yeah. Right. Um, And getting to that point of getting comfortable, being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and recognizing that I live from my tum tum. That's what I call her. Mm -hmm. uh, And that that's how I'm going to proceed. And it's been interesting. I've been reading this book, Witch Hunt by Kristen J. Soleil, which y'all her and uh, Witches, Sluts, Feminists. Great two books. But, Mm -hmm. you know, her definition 
of a witch, right, sort of being that outlier, the idea that women were burned and men. I mean, men were also burned and killed during the witch trials, which Europe got it way fucking worse than the U.S. But Mm -hmm. that idea that it was anything that was different, right, anything that stood out and stood up. Mm -hmm. And I'm not fully done with that definition. I think that Mm -hmm. there's something to that. I'm still sort of teasing it out for myself, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I think that's a good point of what is a witch changes for everyone. Right. And it changes, I think, even for us, right, in our internal dialogue. Like that definition keeps getting added and removed and and shifting, which I also think is part of that journey of figuring out how you like to practice. Right. My personal witchcraft journey started when I was a kid. My mother told me I was a witch as a young child. It's probably around the same time. She had me watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was five. <laughs> that set me up for life. If that one statement doesn't explain me as a human. It, it does. Yeah. Also, aside from Rocky Horror Picture Show, my favorite movie was The Worst Witch. Oh, shit. Which starred also Tim Curry and Feruza Balg yeah. from The Craft. Yeah. So I was like set up from the get-go. You were like, this is, this is it. Th- these are my people. <laughs> so when my mother told me I was a witch... She also said I skipped a generation and she was mad about it. Mind you, I'm still a kid. I'm like, what? So my grandmother is a witch. She, my mother was not a witch, but I was a witch. And I was like, cool, great. I don't know this logic, but sure. <laughs> I'll roll with it. Then like, again, later on in life, I watched a craft, changed my life. Probably like Nancy a little bit too much. But again, <laughs> I am an Aries sun, Scorpio rising. Destruction. I love it. So around that time, I asked my mom to like, buy me the books and things. And she brought me to the witch store that was underneath the anime store on Thayer Street. <laughs> and then a couple of years later, she gave me my first tarot deck. But it was kind of always lingering in the back of my mind, this whole like witch thing that was like probably around the time too. like, there's this thing called Wicca. And mm-hmm. also didn't really have access to the internet that much back then. So I was kind of like figuring it out on my own. And then... In my 20s, I kind of, like, forgot about it, mm-hmm. like, that this was, like, a thing that I was into. And it took me into my early, mid-30s to remember, like, wait, I have my own money. I can go, like, buy all the stuff that my mother wouldn't buy for me when I was a kid. And that kind of, like, brought me back into, like, oh, yeah. Remember that time you thought you were a witch and you stayed a witch this entire time, but you did nothing with it? Mm-hmm. I think it's time for you to get back into it because I felt like there was something missing in my life. At that point, how about you? First, I mean, I love that. I love that story. <laughs> it makes me giggle. Um, so mine is a little. It's it's a little weird, right? Like I grew up in a religious household. Um, church was something, you know, mass was something that was uh, a given. I come from a land of preachers, right? Like a, I was born in Jackson, Tennessee. B, both of my grandfathers were preachers, even though I didn't really know them. Right. So both of my parents grew up in a highly, highly, highly religious household. I think they both struggled with that. And then they ended up becoming religious. It was sort of an interesting journey, especially for my mom. Uh, But she was a huge feminist and, and questioned everything. Right. So when I was young, mass and church and et cetera was a huge part of our lives. And then when my dad walked out, it was like, fuck this noise, right? Like she sort of had a crisis of faith, which as a kid, I sort of was like an atheist, probably like 11, simply because I had witnessed stuff in the church get really 
fucked up and I had witnessed my parents getting really fucked up. And I was like, this is like something is really off in this for me. Fast forward, you know, years and years, I, I end up, uh, dear listener, I ended up in a cult. It's a like, whole other fucking show, but I ended up in a cult and um, some people don't recognize it as a cult. It fucking was. It was really, really crazy. I mean, there was like chaperone dates. It was like my mom had to come and get me out of Florida. It was just it was fucked up. So anyway, like I joined this cult and that was really about me just trying to. I think be rescued like I kept mm-hmm. wanting to be rescued mm-hmm. from myself. And again, like fast forward again, I think I got this. I had like studied a lot of religion. I had sort of been through the pea patch around like what I was interested in. I got into this thing um, of becoming a priestess and it was really fascinating. I did that for three and a half years. It was a great journey. And then I kind of just stopped like everything and really took a beat of who I was and how I wanted to define and what I was actually interested in. And that sort of voice of always being an outlier and always sort of standing up and saying shit that no one else wanted to say is something I think I've had since I was, I mean, I think since I could speak. Right. Um, And I met this amazing coven in New York city and really began to discover what I was super interested in. So the fool's group Mm -hmm. saved, saved my little ass. And I love them Um, to all you fools out there, the Brooklyn fools. Um, But I think it became defined for me as what I wasn't. And then Mm -hmm. it became defined for me as what I chose. Mm -hmm. So I think the term, which is just a way to sort of express a lot of that being an outlier, speaking my truth, living authentically and having practices. Mm -hmm. Right. And and sort of that idea of like representing like I am I would have been burned alive. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I would have been one of those women if Mm -hmm. I probably was. Many people have told me that I was one of those women, but Mm -hmm. um, and I don't doubt that. Right. So it's like that coming back to that term and holding that close and it being like, this is what I am, because these women, those who are practitioners and those who are not were killed because of this word, Mm -hmm. because of this, like what was then an accusation. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's a point of pride. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important for me as well, Mm -hmm. sort of reclaiming that Mm -hmm. as a positive no, I love all of that. I mean, it's kind of like it's, it's like being queer. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's being queer. I mean, 100 percent. Right. Like, I still think that there's those two things hold hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do. Yeah. Like I, I, I and like queering <laughs> like there's these there's great books like queering the tarot and stuff. But but like queering doesn't mean that you are sexually invested right. in fucking right. the same sex. Like that's yeah. not Mm-mm. being queer. Right. So. The notion of queering and the notion of being within, like, a practice, a craft, the, the craft being a witch, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I'm not a Wiccan. Like, I don't believe in any of that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that the queer and witches, like, hold hands. Especially when I finally adopted the word queer, thanks to my lovely co-host who was like... Tell that story. How does one... So Just say it. I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bi, I'm this. And I'm like, you're queer. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if that will really. Okay, the serious part of it is I didn't really think it was for me because if I have to, no one asked me to pick one identity and stick with it. But if I was going to pick like a struggle, I was going to 
pick one as being a black woman because that mm-hmm. is what I am and I'm in a hetero presenting relationship. So it's like I'm not having the outward queer struggle that my like fellow queers like will go through. So when it actually took to this June of 2021 to say, you know, I am queer. Thanks, Em. <laughs> you right. Well, it was it was an interesting conversation because it was right. It was dancing around all of those ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And the, but it was like, but I'm with I'm with a, a, a male, a male bodied person. Yeah. And it's like those two things are not they are like they're not the same. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not the same context. And so and I think that that's something that that all of us like really struggle with. Like, why do we have to be defined a but B mm-hmm. like I think that the struggle of definitions being only one particular way mm-hmm. is not factual. So like when you were talking, I was like, oh, you're queer. Yeah. And you were like, no. And I'm like, OK. And then like yeah. eight months later, you're like, I'm queer. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It goes back to, again, my definition of to be a witch. So right. Something for queer is openness. Right. It will change. It will evolve. Your my witchness and my queerness will change and evolve throughout my life throughout the week, right throughout the day. <laughs> so why stick myself with one particular label when I just like this is just what I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a witch. Mm-hmm. I'm queer. Mm-hmm. What's for dinner? Exactly. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Like, do you want pizza? Like, there, it doesn't have to be this like grandiose, right? And like, I have a whole other opinion. I'm like coming out. That's a whole other podcast. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it shouldn't be everything, and it shouldn't be nothing. Right. Right. It's like a yes and. Exactly. So. A thousand percent. So, so question, like, how do you feel, and this is going to get hot button, um, about like other people's witchcraft or appropriation? Because you are a black indigenous woman and maybe that is something you would want to speak to, Miss B. Taylor. Yeah, I have thoughts. <laughs> I got a handful of thoughts. You got some, you got some thinkings i have i've had a thought once let me pick one of them um i can appreciate that some people appreciate certain cultures practices but when it's just appropriation Mm -hmm. it's like are you going to make any efforts to learn about where something comes from Mm -hmm. or anything about it and this can show up in so many ways obviously from Looks, hair, clothing, anything, really food, practices. It's It seems to be when it's Americanized, and when I say Americanized, they put their little white spin on it. Mm. It's then their thing now mm-hmm. with no acknowledgement of where it came from. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. They might not even know where it came from because they found something on the internet, right. probably by another white person. Right. And it's just getting taken and changed and bastardized along the way and no one has a clue where any of these practices ever came from so they don't even have the opportunity to learn because nowhere along the way does someone add in a footnote Mm -hmm. by the way i got this from such and such practice Mm -hmm. so that bothers me and it bothers me and at the same time i can't get terribly mad because again no one in the first place owned up to where they got this information so now you have people out there doing such and such practice, which is the new thing, which is just a new spin on a name of 
a practice that's been happening for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. How would they know? Mm -hmm. So it gets more frustrating for me than anything else. Like, of course, I get mad when you go to Urban Outfitters and like, here's your witch in a box pack. And I'm like, oh, look at this really pretty white sage bundle. But they don't even know what it is and what it means. And does this dried flower that's attached to it is it even supposed to be there what does this crystal mean and like nothing relates Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like okay someone could take that and like add their own meaning to it and that's great but when do we acknowledge that this is just americanized capitalistic witchcraft Mm. i mean i think that there's a lot there of what you just said what is because of capitalism what is because of ignorance right what is from lack of research? And and then where does personal responsibility come in? Oh. And then number five, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like on my hand. Like, what about the notion of shame? Like, if mm-hmm. you shame someone, mm-hmm. right, is the teachable moment gone? But I'm not saying yeah. that's anyone's responsibility to yeah. be the one teacher. I mean, this it's fucking complicated. It's Again, complicated. this is yes. a long-form conversation. This is not right. even anything. This is this, an podcast. entire podcast could just be about this subject. Yes. Um, I can definitely speak for myself. Like, as a white woman, um, when I was younger and also fell in traditions that were, in quotes, witchcraft, and it turns out it was fucking hoodoo, mm-hmm. which, like— amazing it's not for me mm-hmm. right it's not like i'm not a priestess in that i have not been initiated in that i you know so it's like uh-oh. and i would do these practices because they were in quotes again right like this was yeah. witchcraft and so i would do this and then through research and understanding and mm-hmm. me getting called on my shit and having enough intestinal fortitude to check myself yes. right like i understood for me in this body yeah this isn't mine right Right. and and there i agree with you there is appreciation which i still appreciate a lot of those practices i think they're fucking amazing Mm -hmm. but but appropriation is not right ethically responsible Mm -hmm. right so it's the thing i don't do so that's where getting your dna tested and in this lifetime i mean i think i've been around this life like many times yes like this is not my first rodeo but in this life in this in this life in this body it is important for me to know the practices of my ancestors so that i am appropriate right Mm -hmm. like that's my that's how i have Mm -hmm. come to check myself right so it's like do i burn sage even though, like, I was um, initiated as a priestess where that was something that was done, mm-hmm. right? I, no, I do not. I burn cedar because yeah. my white ass, my people burn cedar, you know? Yeah. So it's like that's, that is sort of the way that I have found um, some pathways through a lot of these very hard and complicated mm-hmm. and also not complicated, right? Just check your ass. Yeah. Paths, you know, it if goes, that makes sense. It goes back to... I believe what you say before, I'm like, it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. That's the thing. It's, I appreciate as a black woman, as a native woman, when someone's like, oh, I, that was bad. I, I shouldn't have done that. I'm like, oh no, cool. You, that's right. 
and we, we're Gucci. We can all move on. Exactly. It's the big production or like, no, I can do this because so-and-so said I could do it and it's fine. And a Native person that I think maybe was Native at that one place when I was in, on vacation in Arizona gave me some sage <laughs> so I can now burn this. It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just like, learn. If someone gave you a heads up like, hey, maybe that's not for you. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay, I'm going to learn what is for me. And that's really all it takes, honestly. It is the shame where, listen, I will tell people about themselves, but, and that's up to them how they take it. If they take it as shameful, maybe that's a little reckoning they have to do with themselves. I hear that, but there's also, I mean, this is, again, this is like where we're going to get into that cancel culture moment Mm -hmm. of like, you know, but then it becomes like, someone fucks up and then it's like oh here we fucking go it's like whoa like whoa 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 like let's have some Uh, a little bit of grace for people to fuck up a lot depends on how bad the fuck up is (laughs) it really depends on who's getting the information who's Mm -hmm. giving the information because Mm -hmm. i have as a black woman said stuff nicely and said stuff with my full fucking chest. And either way, a white person could be like, oh, right. no, that's not <laughs> how I want it. So at this point, I'd rather just say the words and not have to tiptoe around like, hey, no, bad. <laughs> just listen. Because I I personally am exhausted with the, okay, let me say it in the right mm, way so mm. this white person could be like, oh, Okay, maybe I'll listen. Maybe. I'd rather just say my piece at this point. I'm too tired. I hear that. I didn't mean it quite like that, but I but I hear what you're saying. You yeah, know? yeah. But yes, when it, I think there is a personal responsibility when it comes to shame, shame feelings, guilt feelings, judgmental feelings, because I mean, I feel some type of way about Gabby Bernstein, but she <gasps> had a point with one book that I read that oh, one time. I have a lot of feelings about it. Oh, her. that's a different podcast. Oh. But Oh, but so this many. is a real shit thing of if some if you feel judged by something that someone said, it's a good chance you've already judged yourself about it first. Mm, I, 100. And I'm sure she stole that from someone else. So it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But that is God, true. Like if. Gabby Bernstein. Yeah. Oh, if fuck. anyone's giving you some type of feedback of your what your practice is, maybe at one point you had a moment of. Uh, should I be mm. doing this? But like you committed to it. Maybe you made a public practice of it. Mm-hmm. So to then now have to like recant and go back, you could feel some type of way about it. Especially- oh, yeah. When I fucked up mm-hmm. and had to be like, it's like, Ugh, you know, yeah, but that, yeah. but it's honest. Right. Like I have fucked up. Yeah. Like that's I have I have been disrespectful. Rather or not meaning to, mm-hmm. right? I have this is what has happened. Yeah. And you know, you do. You have a choice. You can learn from it and and change behavior yeah. or you can dig your fucking heels in. And it's like, yeah, man, just 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 listen and change behavior. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Make it easy. But I like actually the part I do want to talk a little bit about shame actually, because I personally, as a black and native woman, I feel like I don't know nearly enough. And when I say nearly enough, I have the balls to say I don't know jack shit about my people's practices and, right. and my culture's practices at all. And when you go on the lovely Instagram, you either get the beautiful white woman who... In the desert. In the desert. With a black hat. In her L.A. penthouse that she manifested. <laughs> like You either see that or I also follow 
Black women who know so much about their culture and they're saying all these things. And I'm just like, wow, that's great. I know nothing. Right. So I feel a bit of shame as a witch because I'm like, I don't know anything. I'm just kind of bouncing around, doing my own fucking thing. And I'm just like, I don't, I feel weird. Mm -hmm. And last year I found this Welsh woman who's a witch and she's like I'm coming out with a book and my boyfriend's from Wales I was like I'll pre-order the book and I don't read anything when I get it it's going to take me like three years to finally get to a book but I was like there's no way in hell I'm going to learn about Welsh witchcraft before I learn about my own people's practices but then the way time and my ADHD is set up I'm just like I have no time to learn anything Mm. I just continue doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like wrestling with myself of, no, you should be learning more. You should be doing this. Mm -hmm. You should be only doing your people's practices. And all this stuff is going on in my brain. I'm just like, "Uh, can I just like pull a tarot card to be done? (laughs) That's where my shame lies in my practice. Right. You know, listen, I think that's also part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is it being honest about the fact that like not everyone knows everything mm-hmm. right and like that's not a shame i totally hear you i'm not trying to say it's not like yeah i hear the fact that it, it has that feeling it's it's interesting to me that that it's this uh if you claim that word you suddenly mm-hmm. should know every single fucking thing about every single practice and it's mm-hmm. like nope no nope i don't you know and and for me like the focus is like okay i know that i like doing tarot Mm -hmm. and i have learned so much from that modality right and i've learned Mm -hmm. so much by continuing to pull cards and continuing to do that 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 is probably my main one Mm -hmm. that like doing some automatic writing and and shit like that but it's true like i'm also in that boat of like needing to do more research because i still don't know a lot about where i'm from because my family doesn't doesn't talk um i hear that and i can feel it you know i can feel that Mm -hmm. sitting next to you and i don't know i mean i I don't know what the answer is is it is it more research at the same time it's like your intuition is showing you what really works for you it's like you just fucking go with that like why not right i would love for all the witches out there to answer to, this question. <laughs> to answer this question, send us a DM. How do you? How do you? But really, I actually would love us all to have like a reset of, you know what? We're starting from nothing. We're starting from scratch. Whatever's in your intuition and heart to do without adding in any stuff, start with your brain and your hands and that's it. <laughs> I, I Listen, I love a crystal. She does. I love a crystal. She does, dear listener. And I love a tarot card, but sometimes I'm like, can we just start with ourselves? But I do think, right? Like that's, I do think that that is mm-hmm. where you're starting. Yeah. Because even like pulling a card, it's like, it's still you having this, yeah. like wanting to have this um, moment of yeah. clarity. Yeah. It's just, I feel like we, because of capitalism, like we mm-hmm. just buy and buy. And like, I love buying tarot cards. I think they're beautiful, unlimited budget for tarot cards. But <laughs> there's a point of like, um, why, why? Right. Why? Because right. if if it's all just coming from, like, my brain and I'm, like, just channeling out to, like, the person, why did it become such of, like, look at all the witch stuff that I can post right. on Instagram? Right. I mean, I think that's also why, like, when, you know, I really like doing rituals because it's, like, grounding and mm-hmm. it is something that we don't 
in my opinion, do a lot of it in modern society, right? Mm -hmm. There's like not a lot of like breaks you take for yourself and get Mm -hmm. quiet and Mm -hmm. all of that good stuff. And that's why it's like, yo, use the salt you have at your fucking table. Mm -hmm. Like use a bay leaf that you can get from wherever. Like Mm -hmm. it's not this specialized stuff because it's it's too much. Yeah. Like who the fuck? I don't have an apothecary in my fucking house. No. And I did that when I lived in Brooklyn. I would fucking, like, run all over Hell's Half Acre trying to get all this Mm -hmm. shit, and it was impossible. It was, like, far too much for me. Yeah. That's how I feel when I look up or if I watch some video or see something on Instagram. It's like, okay, here's the thing you could do for this new moon, and it's, like, this a shopping list longer than anything (laughs) I would bring to the grocery store. I'm like, um... I'm not that kind of a witch. Maybe I'm not good enough of a witch because I have no idea what this list is saying at Mm -hmm. me. So instead of feeling bad, maybe I'll have a little pang of shame. It's mostly like, you know what? It's okay. It's fine. I do what I do. It's all good. And I kind of feel for the people who want to practice, but they feel like they can't because they see stuff like that. Right. I agree, right? It's like that level of like, well, where do we learn? Yeah. How do we learn? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the answers, like, we'll just do the work. It's like, where does one start, start and begin? Yeah. And what do I have to buy to do said work is the thing. I read someone's tarot cards um, a couple years ago, and they were like kind of bummed because they knew in their heart that they wanted to delve deeper into the side of themselves, but felt like they didn't know enough. So they were just preventing themselves mm-hmm. from starting wherever and that's the stuff that bothers me because way back in the day which is used what they had Mm -hmm. and now it feels like i must go buy xyz Mm -hmm. to officially become witch trademark (laughs) get a little witch symbol next to your name on instagram (laughs) and like that's the stuff that bothers me it's like this is that's what i was like can we just have a reset it's like it's just you Mm -hmm. It's just you know what your practice looks like with just you and your brain and your heart and your hands and that's it. And then maybe figure out the tools that you need to add upon that. Mm-hmm. The stuff does not make you a witch. Mm-hmm. You you are the witch and just all this other stuff is nice. Right. But you don't need it to become whatever Instagram version of witch you saw. I do truly believe that, that like the witch is already there. Mm-hmm. And I think most people are. if not everyone you know most people are it's like it's whether or not you want to step into that invitation and that's and it's fine for people that don't right like there's like I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that I don't want to be your buddy if you don't identify as this I'm just saying this is how I the word's so stigmatized that they just immediately go to that place of the bad right bad and like it's really not because whatever you your religion is or whatever you believe it's going to have that version of which mm-hmm. it's just going to be under a different name. So don't be scared of the word. <laughs> it's it's just a word. Exactly. It's a fine word. It's not a no-no word. Speaking of word. Oh, boy. Here we go. How do you feel about the word woo-woo? Kill it with fire. <laughs> okay. This is my moment. Let me. Let me. Yeah. Adjust. Adjust the sports bra. Let's adjust go. the bra. Here we go. So. I'm leaning into the mic now. I know, for this. I'm like, I can feel it. Okay, so, woo woo. There was a time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, I'm into woo woo things. Okay, cut that shit out of your language. I don't care what you believe. Cut it. We don't use that word. You know why we don't use woo woo? Do we call organized religion woo woo? We might think it's a little wacky, 
but no one's out here calling it woo-woo. Mm-hmm. Who are the people who tend to practice anything considered woo-woo? Who do you think of? Off the top. Off right? the top, yeah. Women. Women. There you go. Women. Black and brown people. Yep. Uh, queer people. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we got some trans and gender non-conforming people, yep. you know. We Maybe we got some neurodivergent people. Um, basically, anyone, like, not cis, white, het, man. Obviously, we have to say, because we're going to get an email. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am, ma'am. I am I am a cis, white, het, go. man. And I do practice witchcraft. Well, proud of you. <laughs> love that for you and I love that for me. But... Overarching. Overarching, if if you allow us to overarch. That's who practice witchcraft or anything spiritual or anything different from organized religion. So first off, that's why I hate woo-woo. Uh, cut that shit out of your mouth. Second part, which really, I'm not going to say the phrase because M doesn't like the phrase. What really grinds my gears. Oh, my God, I can't. That fucking phrase. When we say, oh, I know it's woo-woo, we are cutting ourselves down before someone exactly. else can do it for us. Exactly. It's it's showing that you don't believe in yourself and what you believe, or you do believe in it, but you're just so afraid of what other people will think that you will cut down or diminish what you truly believe in just for someone else's comfort mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or just so you don't have to hear about it. And that's a big no for me. Again, like, right, like we have some differing of opinion on this, but I I totally hear the notion that if you say woo-woo, like, it makes it light. It mm-hmm. makes it easy. It mm-hmm. makes it cute, right? Yes. And, like, cute, I think of, like, a three-year-old kid. Right. I'm not cute, right? Like, I'm— No. Like, I'm not— <laughs> We're adults. Oh, thank you. Jesus. I <laughs> came out too fast. You're gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks. But like that idea of like it being cute, right? Because cute is safe. Mm-hmm. And that is the thing that grinds my gears. Say it. Say it. Oh Say it with your chest. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, that's the thing that like that like like just goes up my ass sideways is is the fact that it becomes not dangerous and yeah. it becomes cute and then mm-hmm. therefore it, it won't change anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the part. Like that's yes. the big part of like confronting what is happening means that change is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so if you cut it down and make it like, oh, she's woo-woo or like, oh, my yeah. God. I remember when I was young and people would be like, she's so funky. Right? Because <laughs> yes. like they didn't want to call me weird. Yeah. But like funky was like this mm-hmm. nice way of saying I was a fucking weirdo, which I'm like, I'm just a fucking weirdo, man. Like, yeah. it's fine. It's okay. Right? It's But like, yeah, the same thing of like woo-woo. Yeah, makes it not scary. And I'm not saying I want to be scary, but there's times where like this it's it is right. Like mm-hmm. this is serious shit and we're using energies and this is a big deal. Yes. So that I'm like 100. I will. Oh, no, I completely agree. I'm, I will never want to diminish something that means so much to me and others just to make it safe nice. and consumable for nice. others. Yeah. My witchcraft can be nice and scary and huge and gentle at times it's a lot of things it is all at once but what i'm trying to not do is make it consumable for someone else who does not get it and will never want to understand right so we don't do woo-woo in this house (laughs) you can leave that outside with trash i like it we'll shut down for business words are important words are magic Mm -hmm. words carry weight Mm -hmm. 
Right, because it also talks and speaks to intention mm-hmm. and how you speak about yourself mm-hmm. and, and your practices. So I, I think it's actually really important to be aware of how you are speaking Yes, to so. yourself, about yourself, mm. about your practices. Yeah. We're going to talk about this in a separate episode about law of attraction. Oh, but God. We're going to do Get just ready. A, a little spoiler is, are the words you're saying helpful or not? And if you feel bad saying these words, if you feel bad when the words come out of your mouth, yeah, I'm a little woo-woo. If that makes you feel bad, we're not going to say that anymore. You don't, if you don't, if you're uncomfortable with calling yourself a witch, that's fine. What feels good for you? Right. Right. Because I use witch Mm -hmm. because it was shamed for so long and because people were killed under that title. Mm -hmm. Right. And my witchcraft is, is very like truth seeking, going for it, Mm -hmm. transition, Mm -hmm. cut the shit. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like that word. Exactly. I just like getting to the point. Yeah, I'm a witch. That's all. All right. So shall I? I think I shall. Great. New moons are time for new beginnings, hitting the reset button or trying something new. This new moon is in Aquarius and the focus is looking towards the future with hope and an open mind regarding friendship and receiving support. We're coming out of having lots of feelings from the full moon in Cancer, you know, we've shaken off that water, we dried our tears, and we're moving from the reckoning of our familiar relationships. And now we're searching for platonic love. The desire to make new friends is in the air. So it's a perfect time to go virtual or IRL events, like safely, safely, wear your mask, wear your mask, to find like-minded people. Slide into the DMs of that cool local person you follow and ask for a coffee date. And if someone happens to reach out to you, go for it. You never know what relationships can build when you put yourself out there. So when it was time to pull a card for this new moon, it was interesting. The Three of Swords showed up. And let me tell you, this card wanted to be involved. So it was the first card I saw when I took out the deck. A bunch of cards flew out when I was shuffling, and this card was on top of that little pile. So I was like, you know what? No, if this needs to come back, it will come back. And um, so I gathered up all the cards. And after much, much, much shuffling, the card jumped out again. So the Three of Swords has a message and you're going to hear it. <laughs> this card, which I pulled from the Tarot of the Holy Spectrum, created by Chase Voorhees. It's a beautiful deck. So check it out. We'll put it in the show notes. On this card, a person is falling out of the sky with three swords stabbed in their back. Above the person is a hand reaching out through the clouds, reaching towards this person with hopes to catch them, the hand getting close to grabbing the blade of one of the swords. The Three of Swords is definitely one of the cards that elicit a big yikes when you see it in a reading, no matter the deck. The card usually looks very bloody, very visceral, with three swords stabbing through a heart. It's a card of betrayal. Someone you trusted hurt you, and you're reeling from it. What makes this particular card from this particular deck interesting is the hand reaching out from the clouds. Someone stabbed this person in the back, yet someone else is reaching out towards them, trying to help, even if they get harmed in the process. This card, paired with this new moon in Aquarius, wants us to get out there and make new connections and make new friends. It's saying, I see you. You've been hurt by people who you thought were your support system. It's scary to put yourself back out there. 
but try to remember that everyone is not like those who betrayed your love and trust. You will meet people who will care for you, be there for you, and will catch you when you fall. Healthy detachment from the past is possible. You don't have to carry that shit with you. Damn. Thoughts? That is a serious card. Yeah, definitely. When I was uh, reading about this moon and then also like, you know, with Aquarius, it was really interesting. A lot of seeing damage in friendships from the past and then figuring out if you actually want to deal with those people anymore. Mm. It's really interesting, especially the Three of Swords was picked, which is it is betrayal, right? It's also heartbreak. It's all Mm -hmm. of these very visceral, also like action Mm -hmm. oriented. Oh, I sat there like, oh, okay. Mm hmm. It's on. Mm-hmm. It's on. Okay, let's go. I love that it, it flew out three times. At that point, you're like, I, I get it. I get it. Sorry, I did not trust you. That's mm-hmm. a big pull. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all. It is M's ritual time. So the Aquarius new moon falls on like Jan 31st or Feb 1st, depending on your time zone. So new moons represent the start of a new lunar cycle. And this new moon is super powerful as it also brings in the start of the Lunar New Year. Yay! This new moon opens a portal to set intentions and wishes around things like humanitarian attitudes and the collective, because it's an Aquarius. But the bigger picture of your life is also very important with this new moon to set your intentions. As each of us individually creates the collective, we need to put our own masks on first. This is about you and your time and your intentions that you want to sow. So with the energies of the of this new moon, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Mercury will still be in retrograde under this new moon. So patience is key, right? Mercury in retrograde is a time of reflection and sort of like revisiting the past. It's a time when our subconscious thought patterns like come up to the surface and you need to review, revise them, revisit. So it is about newness. But Mercury in retrograde is still happening, but it will be short lived, this little retrograde energy, because as a few days following the new moon on Feb 3, Mercury stations direct. If you want to make some long term commitments in your life, this new moon would be the perfect time to set some intentions. Then after Mercury stations direct Feb 3rd, that would be the perfect time to take action on them. Right. So we're setting first on the 31st or Feb 1. You're not making action towards these intentions until after the third. So the ritual, let's get to it. What you will need, pen or pencil and paper, a candle, preferably white. Why does it have to be white? White represents new beginnings, protection, cleaning truth. But seriously, like use what you got. But if you have a white candle anywhere, let's do it. Also, side note. Those like seven day prayer candles that you can get like at the grocery store, also perfect. So Monday, which is the day that the new moon is on, is also associated with magic, divine feminine, emotions, truth, protection and confidence. And it is ruled by the motherfucking moon. So this is going to be a very powerful new moon. This is a no bullshit kind of moon. New moons are the start of the cycle. It's time to plant seeds and set intentions. Aquarius rules the future. The third eye chakra to allow long range goals and heart's desires to be on full display under this new moon. So this is how we start. One, light your candle safely, safely light your candle. Two, get in a comfortable position and take five deep calming breaths. Three, 
Massage between your eyebrows with your eyes closed. Or you can lie down and place a crystal in between your like eyebrows to activate your third eye. Do this with while breathing until you feel calm and like a little bit clearer. As you are clear, begin to ask yourself questions about your intentions. Here are some to help. What do I intend to grow and feed during this moon cycle? What do I need to feel more fulfilled? What steps can I take to support my desires and create new ones? Next on paper, write a letter of your intentions with meaning and belief that you are supported in all of these endeavors. Be very clear about what you're asking for and if desires, one, are what you want for you, and two, if they are positive for the collective. Ask all sorts of things, wherever you're led, but focus on you. Write the intention, petition, supplication, like whatever you want to call it, on the paper, and then write a few sentences around them, thanking the universe, whatever deity you want, whatever you want to call the energy, for the things you're intending as if you already have them. A helpful way to not feel awkward when doing this is to actually feel what you want. What would it be like to fully receive your intentions? Like for real, like what would it actually, what's the emotional, what's the charge behind that? Hold that feeling within you and speak your intentions out loud, out your mouth, from the chest, asking the universe, guides, whatever you want to call it again, to support and affirm and then thank them for meeting your intentions. Just so that we're clear, you are going to write them out and then you are going to speak them out loud. Once you have declared your intention, intentions, and they're written down, you're going to fold the piece of paper towards you and then fold it to the left, right? So it's like big square, fold it away from you and then fold it to the right. So it's four folds, right? So you should have like just a square. It depends like how big your piece of paper is, but it could be a super tight square. Um, The hope is that you can put your candle on top of that square. If you can't, then put the square of paper like leaning against the candle or in front of it. Allow the candle to burn until you go to bed. So put this out of reach for kiddos, familiars, clumsy people, a Roomba, whatever, like just like out of reach, right? You're going to relight this candle every day for a week. This is a long-term moment. This is not a like we're in and out in five minutes, right? This is a really thinking about these intentions. You are putting the energy in to going and lighting your candle every morning, right? Or when you can get home. It doesn't matter if it's like a fucking hour. The point is, is that you're doing this practice for a week. It's sort of like pumping the prime of you having some trust and putting yourself first and having some quiet moments. So you allow the candle to burn until you, you know, have to leave the house, whatever. You relight the candle every day for a week. After that week, okay, keep the candle and keep the paper because I'm going to teach you what to do with the remnants of intention and spell work like the the candle, the wax, the paper, bleep, blah, blah. So in other words, keep everything until you hear from me, okay, which will be at the full moon, which is the perfect time to then do what you need to do with the remnants. So again, 
The thing that's really important with setting intentions, right, is that one, it is writing them out, seeing them for yourself, and then speaking them out loud. Use your voice. It's important. Speak from the chest, right? Be thankful, but know that like you are also co-creating. You are participating in this moment because action steps will be required when it comes to intentions. It's not you just, you think about it and you wish it and then it comes. Like action steps are required, right? So it's keeping it to the forefront of your mind. It's working with those energies. Um, And then you light your candle every day for a week and then you keep everything. You can put it in a box, whatever you want to do, but don't throw it away in the garbage can. And then you wait to hear from me and I'll tell you what to do with them. And that is your new moon and Aquarius ritual of 2022. I love it. Gonna do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, after the last one, I was like, you cannot get the salt on my body faster. <laughs> the thing that's cool with like, I mean, this isn't like full candle magic, right? It's like a whole other fucking class, but like there is something really beautiful about seeing your intentions written down. Right. And like keeping them in the forefront and like creating ritual around it because it it is special and it is important. Um, And it's it's a thing I don't think that we do enough. Right. We're like taught to like bullet journal Mm -hmm. and you have like your goal list. Yeah. But not just like a like a shorty. Mm -hmm. Right. Just the four week cycle. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. all we're that's all we're sort of dealing with in the right meal. Mm -hmm. I love it a lot. I have an idea. Mm. That has nothing to do with what you just said. Cool. Let's do it. Let's do a listener shout out. (gasps) I'm shouting out Anna Maria, who the other night at a great event, my friend Ali and I hosted at Brave Daughters. You might have heard of Em is part of it. She is one of the Brave Daughters. Ali and I pretended to be Brave Daughters that night. And we took over to space. And Anna Maria was there, a lovely friend and yoga student of mine. And she said she just absolutely loved the first episode. She could really get behind the middle vibes idea. And she can't wait to listen to more episodes. So shout out to Anna Maria. You're a real one. That's sweet. I love that. And uh, you know, your name could be on this podcast too, but you have to tell us nice things about ourselves. <laughs> And then your name will be said to I like it. So I like feel it. free to drop us a lovely comment mm-hmm. on the platforms. Be sure to give us five stars on all the streaming platforms. Also, we had a listener in Tokyo. We had a listener well, in Tokyo. That's fucking cool. So like if you're here, reach out, let us know your name because you're real cool. Yeah. Tell all your friends. That was pretty dope. Also, email us if you have any questions. Mm-hmm. Right. We want to hear from you folks and what you're interested in hearing from us mm-hmm. and then again should we have patronuses should we do it let us know We're a patreon page we'll do nice things with you we will you get special goodies that no one else gets no one it's exclusive only for the patronus only. people wow and here we are number two number two in das books we did it Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We would love to hear from you all. Ask us some questions. Send us some shit. We will answer it to the best of our capabilities. We sure will. And if we can't, we will Google it. Yep. 
We will Google the fuck out of it and, and research maybe it. Maybe just send you a Google link. Maybe, <laughs> maybe all we're just saying is you could Google, Google it yourself. But I'll Google for you. People have, people have me Google for them all the time. I can't even talk about that right now. Thank you all so much for listening. We would love it if you would rate this podcast five stars wherever you're listening to it. We would love for you to share it with friends. Tag us on Instagram. We love to see it. All of that. Plus, just know that we're thinking of our coven. We're excited to get it started. Mm-hmm. We're giving you rituals. Mm-hmm. We're giving you some tarot card pulls. We're going to do it all for you. Yeah. As your two neighborhood witches, we love you. We love you. And good night and good luck. Peace out, bitches. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Middle Vibes podcast hosted by B. Taylor and M. Samrell. This podcast was edited by Vaughn Postema of Arvana Audio. Music is by Bailey Bro. Our producer is now Jody from the front desk yes, at What Cheer Writers Club. We recorded at the podcasting studio at What Cheer Writers Club, a nonprofit supporting Rhode Island's content creators. Thank you.